from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Second hour of Betting Across America is live from Las Vegas here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Adam Candy and in Denver, Colorado, my partner James Salinas. As we continue a discussion that we started just a couple of minutes ago here, James, as we await our friend Jonathan Von Tobel here in just a couple of moments, uh, we were talking about props at BetMGM for week one starting quarterbacks. And the last two on our list were the Saints and the 49ers. And I want to get your opinion on pricing these two markets together. Jameis Winston is listed at minus 275 for the Saints. Jimmy Garoppolo is listed at minus 250 for the 49ers. I kind of feel like knowing what we know about the coaches, knowing what we know about where these two teams are, James, I feel like Taysom Hill has a better chance to start week one than Trey Lance and Jameis Winston out to minus 275 is the heaviest favorite of all of the quarterbacks on our list to be the week one starter. Adam, I completely agree with you thinking about Taysom Hill and thinking about Sean Payton and his affection for Taysom Hill and, and obviously the different packages that he would run and bring him in for certain series and certain plays in, in relief of Drew Brees just to give that different look. But He's been somebody, I feel like he's been grooming him for this quarterback position for a number of years. And 
sitting there, yeah, Jameis Winston minus, uh, laying almost three dollars, two seventy five seems really high. Now the 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 straddle on that where it's two seventy five, but just plus one eighty back on Hills, that's a little questionable. But ultimately, I kind of agree with you. I, I, what would it? What is it about Jameis Winston that we've seen not only in New with New Orleans? We didn't see him much in New Orleans, but even in years past, being at Tampa, what is it that we're seeing in J Jameis Winston that says for Sean Payton and his and the, how much he loves Taysom Hill, that Hill is not the starter come week one. We'll see how this plays out in preseason, but I'm I'm right there with you, Adam. I, I think if we're going to do one of those, whether it's the Niners or the Saints, and looking at Hill or Lance, I'm there. I like Hill as uh, in comparison to Trey Lance. Also, be very clear with your book on what the rules are of this particular bet, because would it be beyond Sean Payton if he thought Jameis Winston was going to take the bulk of the snaps. Would it shock anyone if Taysom Hill came out for the first series as the quarterback and then Jameis Winston got the rest of the snaps? So just be very clear with your book about the rules about week one starting quarterback. Does that mean that that is the quarterback who takes the first snap? Does that mean that is the quarterback who gets the bulk of the reps? It's more than likely going to be the quarterback who is under center for the first snap of the game. So uh, something to keep in mind there because there's just a little bit of strange variance potential in there with Sean Payton. Uh, over to the 49ers and to look into that for a second, James. Trey Lance at plus 190. Kyle Shanahan's been very clear about Jimmy Garoppolo being the starting quarterback here, but we talked about Justin Fields the same way we talked about Trey Lance. You drafted him pretty high to sit him there. Yeah, I mean, think about what they gave up to go up to number three to the 49ers to go grab Lance, but also Lance, not a, you know, really young quarterback. And I, I just don't know, even with Shanahan and, and the quarterback guru that he is and, and the play caller that he is, he's going to find a way. I think we're going to see Trey Lance out there on the field. Now, is he going to be in the same capacity as a Taysom Hill with different packages? There might see some of that, but not week one. I think week one, it is going to be Garoppolo and, and you're going to go with the, the more seasoned player here, especially for the 49ers who have aspirations to get to the Super Bowl if they can stay healthy, which they didn't last year. And unfortunately, they've already had a couple guys go down in their trainings last week. Uh, the injury bugs is already starting to bite the 49ers. But when it comes to the starting quarterback, yeah, I'm, I am I agree. I think it's going to be Garoppolo week one as opposed to Lance. I think there's still a lot more nurturing that Shanahan has to do with the young quarterback there with Trey Lance. So you're not taking a piece of Nate Sudfeld at 40 to one. Okay. Got it. Uh, very clear on that. Uh, Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen, both the long shots in San Francisco that uh, basically would require natural disaster or some other catastrophic injury uh, for either one of them to be out there. Um, I, again, I, I, I look at that saints one. That's the one that really gets my attention is James Winston at minus 275. I don't think it's nearly that prohibitive of a favor to be the starting quarterback for the saints uh, with everything we know about Sean Payton and his affinity for him and what we've seen with those packages that uh, he has been consistent to throw out there with him uh, throughout the years. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, you're not locking up your money forever and ever. It's only about a two month bet on that one. It's betting across America here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Adam Candy joined by James Salinas, Las Vegas and Denver. James, let's reset where we are right now with Major League Baseball and get people caught up on what their in-game betting opportunities might be. The Phillies have a 4-0 lead over the New York Yankees. Yankees, after uh, having a role as Chapman blow the game yesterday, are behind Aaron Nola, which is a place you don't want to be, plus 850 
on the Yankees to come back. Total sitting nine and a half that game in the bottom of the third inning. Nationals four, Giants nothing. Uh, Washington at home, total nine and a half. Giants are nine to one to come back game in the top of the fourth inning. Cueto and Ross in that one. Padres and the Mets, one nothing. San Diego leading at City Field that game in the top of the fourth inning as Joey Lucchese is on the mound for the New York Mets. Five and a half total. Minus 215 on the Padres, plus 170 on the Mets coming back. Reds 3, Colorado 1, 11 your total. Colorado plus 450 to come back, bottom of the third inning from Cincinnati. Uh, Mariners have pushed another one across against Shane Bieber, and finally the line has had to adjust away from the Cy Young starter there, Shane Bieber. 3 nothing in the top of the third inning for Seattle. It was even money on Cleveland. It is now plus 240 on the Indians to come back. Red Sox have put one across. They now trail 5-1 to one against the Toronto Blue Jays. They are plus 750 to come back, pretty much where they were sitting uh, when they were down 4 nothing as well. That game, bottom of the third inning from Fenway. Atlanta 3, Miami nothing. Braves are now minus $7 uh, to win that game, plus 450 back on the Marlins here in the top of the third inning. Baltimore won, Tampa Bay nothing. Uh, Baltimore plus 132, Tampa Bay is minus 165, so don't have that one up, but I'm guessing a pretty serious threat going for Tampa Bay. White Sox have pushed one across against the Tigers. They have Carlos Rodon going today as well, so you can understand why even one run in the fourth inning has the Tigers at plus 250 to come back. And, of course, we are awaiting first pitch between the Pirates and the Brewers. That's Crow against Hauser, as well as the Astros at the Twins. That is Frambert Valdez against Michael Pineda. James, let's look at the rest of the baseball card here coming up. I know you have another play that you like later on. The Dodgers have Walker Bueller on the hill today against Dane Dunning for Texas. Uh, You're in the first five on this game. I am under four and a half first five. Had to lay some juice on it at a dollar thirty. But thinking about the matchup here with Bueller, Bueller has been his twelve starts. He hasn't pitched less than six innings in any of those starts. And so you know you're going to get innings out of him tonight and or today. And and that's really if you're looking first five. We're most times Adam. We're betting on pitchers to begin with when it comes to, to the starters. And in this case here, not only with Bueller. But the other side with the Rangers and Dane Dunning. Now, Dunning, uh, he was part of that that trade that brought uh, from the White Sox. He came over from the White Sox, and he was part of that trade uh, for Lance Lynn. And I think for Dunning, you know, young player out there, but he, I like his tempo on the mound. I saw him a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? A couple weeks ago here in Denver, went to the game at Coors Field with the Rockies. And love his tempo up there. He gets, he works. He gets after it and doesn't allow you to get comfortable in that box. And he challenges hitters. And I kind of like that about Dunning and yeah he does he is susceptible sometimes to the home run but think about the Dodgers lineup right now we'll see if Bellinger is in the lineup tonight Uh, he was banged up he was pulled out of the game on Friday as was Muncie and now Muncie is on the injured list and we know Seager is also out probably through the all-star break so a little bit of a banged up Dodgers lineup going against Dunning but uh, sitting here at four and a half runs in that first five I'm betting on both of these pitchers to 
be as uh, perform the way that they have most of this season, and in particular here with the Rangers, who don't hit the ball very well to begin with. We know that low batting average, tough for them to put runs on the board. And then with the Dodgers here, uh, I'm with Bueller here under four and a half first five. Yeah, I like where you're thinking there. Walker Bueller is a reasonable bet anytime he goes out to be uh, throwing a shutout by, through those five innings, so it might help you get there all by himself. Two NBA games on the slate today. James and I discussed them a little bit earlier. Let's bring in our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, to chat through the Nets and the Bucks as well as the Suns and the Nuggets. John, uh, we were talking earlier about the Bucks and the Nets and what, uh, I don't know, was that sort of like a midweek Big Ten game, 86 to 83? Like, huh. uh, not at all what we expect out of these two teams. Uh, how do you think both sides bounce back today in game four? So, I mean, the obvious the obvious point is, hey, they got to come back offensively, right? like both of these teams. Uh, but here's the thing, Adam, like what's really intriguing about this series from Milwaukee's standpoint is they have yet for an individual game to average more than a point per possession. You know, game one, their offensive rating was one flat. And then the rest of these games, we're talking about well below a point per possession. So what you might expect some regression to the mean positively, right, for this team. Uh, at the same time, like they haven't shown anything through the first three games that they're going to be able to do so. Their offense has been abysmal. The shot selection has been abysmal. I just don't know what the game plan has been for this team through three games against, again, remember, we talked about this all the time, right? One of the worst defenses we've ever seen, an offensive rating of 94.6 for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's just astonishing to me. And when you watch it with your eyes, we're talking about you know, Giannis settling for jump shots, Chris Middleton settling for jump shots, Drew Holiday not attacking the basket with any ferocity whatsoever. And so it has been really surprising to me just the way that this team has looked really ill-prepared. And look, you talk about Brooklyn, that was the one-game blip, right? Joe Harris is not going to shoot one of 11 from the floor. This team is not going to shoot as poor as they did uh, from beyond the arc as a whole. So I expect something to come back here for Brooklyn. I think they've shown that they're quite the better team. But as far as Milwaukee goes, so much of their issues have been on the defense, or excuse me, from a, uh, a decision-making standpoint, right? That I just don't know if they're going to correct all of the things that availed them to this series. So uh, I think we'll obviously get a better game in terms of the offensive output. But in terms of the outcome, this number is where it should be. You know, in a game three situation where the team is down 0-2 going back home, you're paying a massive tax. You know, I told ER Aaron Renning when we were doing the show, they should have been Brooklyn a one-point favorite in this situation. And sure enough, you get to come back here where for game four, they open up as the one-point favorite and they're up to two, two and a half. So this number is right on where it should be. I expect a better offensive output. Clearly the total has adjusted itself from game one, so some value on betting this thing over. But overall, I just if you're looking at Milwaukee, I don't know what you've seen to make you think positively about them. JVT, speaking about that total, yeah, it has been, it is definitely ticking down from where we saw it earlier come game one and game two in Brooklyn, now sitting at about 227, 227 and a half. But thinking about the Bucks, and you talked about the shot selection for Milwaukee, and not only the shot selection, I think the lack of ball movement and the lack of off-ball movement from their offense in the half court, we're not seeing much outside of Giannis just getting the ball and kind of just doing his thing from the top of the key or out there at the foul line extended not really sure what we're going to see where I mean this total still is it has been corrected like you said but the fact that with Milwaukee 
34 made baskets in the last game, game three, only 12 assisted. So a lot of ISO ball going on for both teams for that matter. How do you feel about this total now? You talked about, yeah, they can't shoot nearly as bad either team like they did in game three, but shoot better is one thing, but lack of ball movement, lack of off ball movement. Do you see this game being able to eclipse that total sitting at 227? I mean, geez, the value is there, right? Like we're talking about a closing total of 239 and a half in game one, 238 in game two, 235 and a half in game three. Now we're down to 228, 227 and a half, somewhere in that range, right? Depending on where you shop. So like the only play to me is betting this thing over, right? And you talked about the lack of assists and the, the lack of ball movement. The assist rate for the Milwaukee Bucks in this series is at 40.5%. Like that's abysmal in terms of what you're looking at here. And I would agree with that, right? You know, like the assist to turnover ratio, just barely over one at 1.15. But, you know, when you see a history of a team, right, like where it's, you mentioned it, Giannis at the top of the key and trying to make things work, like that's what they've done. It's funny, like one of my biggest things that I've pushed back on with Milwaukee is you keep hearing like, hey, they're trying new things. You know, Giannis screening a little bit more. They're switching a little bit more. But when push comes to shove and it is playoff time, you revert back to what you are as a team, and they are reverting back to what they have been throughout the majority of Bud's career. And, like, this is a career in Milwaukee, I should say. And this has been kind of what the M.O. has been when they have been eliminated in the postseason the last two years. So, you know, maybe there is some more ball movement. Maybe we get a better assist rate for this team overall. Are we going to start to see Giannis as a screen and roller more instead of a ball handler? Are we going to start to see Drew Holiday pick some better matchups and try to go after certain guys in one-on-one situations? Are we going to see Chris Middleton stop settling for contested jump shots? I mean, that's one of the things is, you know, what the, the old dog new tricks. We're just expecting that this team, because they experimented with some stuff, to turn things around. So from a value perspective, we're talking about this total being 10 points lower than the original one in game one. There's immense value there, and I'd rather bet this thing over. But it's been a slow-paced series, and it has been a series in which Milwaukee has reverted to all of the things that have been uh, poor about them, and they have really been stymied by what Brooklyn has brought in terms of all of the switching, in terms of Blake Griffin at the five. And I just don't know if I really trust Milwaukee. So I do think there is a, a numerical value in betting this thing over, but I'm like holding my nose and betting it over. If you're, if you're counting on the Milwaukee Bucks to kind of change some things up from a scheme standpoint. John, you talked about the game three and the idea of paying tax on the team down two Oh, so the Denver nuggets and the Phoenix suns, uh, if you were looking for something out of the Nuggets in that game in terms of a bounce back, you got nothing. Uh, you really didn't get anything that can give you encouragement here. Suns are laying three, 8.05 p.m. starts tonight with a chance to close this thing out. Total 221 and a half. Is this a talent deficit? Is this the Nuggets just being out of gas? What, what have you seen thus far in this series? So Adam, like it's a talent deficit, but it's by no fault of Denver, right? Because they're just they're beat up. Like you know, Jamal Murray makes a world of difference in a series like this. PJ Dozier and Will Barton fully healthy make a, a big difference in a series like this. And you know, you mentioned it, right? There are two shining examples that you take if you're talking about teams that are down 0-2. If you're out there and I'm like I'm all over this, like you have to realize the tax that you are paying. And look, the Clippers. They covered those numbers yesterday, but there's still no value in laying those numbers despite the fact that the result was there, right? You know, we talk about this from the Phoenix-Denver standpoint. I thought that Phoenix, I tweeted this out yesterday, I talked about it with ER on Friday. I made Phoenix about a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in that game on game three. They were a one-and-a-half, two-point underdog in that game, right? They end up winning that game outright, and then we see the market correction. Where are we at now? We're at three across the board, like you mentioned, so the market has thoroughly corrected itself. But if that's not 
an example of you paying a tax, right? Like that just shows you exactly what you're paying into situations like that. But as far as this game goes today, this, look, this number is right where it should be from a side perspective. Denver, it's just tough because Nikola Jokic, I think, has a mismatch that works in his favor. I think he should be able to have success against DeAndre Aiden. For the most part, he has. The problem is you're looking at Phoenix, and across the board, you have Chris Ball, who's a smart defender, who's not going to get caught out of position. You have Mikael Bridges and Jake Crowder, who are plus defenders, very solid at what they do. The other pieces just aren't getting there for Nikola Jokic, and that's been the problem. You have no other real shot creator outside of Nikola Jokic when everything bogs down. His two-man game with Jamal Murray is incredible. He doesn't have that anymore. And so that's put, that's, to use your phrase, it's a talent deficit, but it's a talent deficit because of the, you know, the lack of health that this team has. So, again, today, you know, the number's right where I make it. So I, I, they Really, there's no value in a number like this. I guess I'd rather be on the side of Phoenix. I think that they have all the edges, and they'll probably win this thing, and I'll lose my Phoenix in six bet because I thought the Nuggets would have a little bit more here, but this number is pretty solid in my mind. What about the total here, JVT? Phoenix has been doing – I think Chris Ball has been just – he's been sensational in this in this series. I think he's got 34 assists, just three turnovers. That ball screen, he's getting whatever he wants, wherever he wants on the floor, not only for his own shot but his teammates as well. Denver's not carrying their weight, and I think – but we we did see more minutes coming off the bench for players like Will Barton as well as Monte Morris. Uh, basically, both played 30 minutes and probably were their – aside from Joker, their most productive players offensively. I think we're going to see more minutes out of them. So as far as the total is concerned, which way are you looking to play this one? I think I'd rather go under, James, but, you know, we're talking about these adjustments as these games go, right, and we were seeing a slight adjustment here for the most part, right? So we see in game one, total closes about 222, 222 and a half. It goes well over because Phoenix blows them out, drops 122 points. And in fact, offensively, they've been great. They've dropped 120 plus in two of the three games. Uh, but you've seen like this adjustment, right? After game one goes over, you get to 225 in game three, 224 uh, in, or excuse me, in game two, and then 224 and a half in game three. Now we're down to 221 after the last two games go under the total. And, and I think I'd rather be there on that end. I still think Phoenix, from a defensive standpoint, is going to be able to do what they want to do. This has been an extremely slow-paced series. We're talking about like 96 possessions per game. That's a, that's a knockdown, drag-out fight. Like, that's nothing going on in terms of pace in that regard. So I know I'm getting a slow pace. I know that Denver, from the standpoint of what they've done offensively in the series, has not been great. Offensive rating of 106.3. So Phoenix might be able to push you over the edge here. Uh, their offense has been incredible. They have an offense rating in this one of 124.1, a net rating of 17.8. So you're just kind of hoping that Phoenix is able to push you over the edge from what we've seen through these three games. And, and that's just not something that I personally, if I'm betting the total, if I'm hoping that one team is going to blow out the other and push this thing over, I'm just not feeling great about that. So I know there's been an adjustment, but the, the slow pace of this series, the nature of Phoenix's defense, I'd rather be under, even though there's been an adjustment made. John, what do you have coming up on uh, Hardwood Handicappers? Uh, this will, you know, there's a tough, right? Yeah, ER was with us. We talked a little bit. They, they don't have a long shelf life, Adam, given the postseason and the rapid nature of everything. <laughs> right. But there is some, uh, you know, there's some, I think, interesting stuff in there, though, especially when it comes to betting the postseason. You know, I tend to be a little bit more patient in the postseason. Uh, I'm a series better, and then we'll sit back. And unless there's some anomalies like I've seen in this Brooklyn series or in this Phoenix series, uh, I'll usually stay away from a game-to-game basis. Uh, but both of these series have provided some weird things from the market that have been a little off, according to my numbers. So these series have been a little bit more involved on a game-to-game basis, but there's a good conversation between me and ER in the latest episode about betting the postseason and, and how you handle it on a night-to-night basis or a series-to-series basis. On Twitter, at MeJVT, the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, wherever you get your podcast. He's Jonathan Montobo, a senior NBA analyst. And as always, sir, we appreciate your time. 
You got it. Good luck, guys. Adam, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good, buddy. When we come back, we'll get a little bit more into these games, and we'll also have later on this show a little more NFL talk coming up as well. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America here on the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada from your sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado. Adam Candy and James Salinas. 
Taking a look here at game one of the Islanders and the Lightning in the NHL. And we've got some goal scorer props up. You can bet on, of course, who's going to score the first goal, who's going to score the last goal, and, of course, the uh, more popular, who is going to score a goal at any point uh, in this game one here in Tampa. Uh, James, before I get into my philosophizing on this, are, are these markets that you ever find yourself taking a look at? Not when it comes to goal scorers. I have a hard enough time trying to determine where is the total of the game going to go. And I think we see these empty netters. I think that's probably one of the the factors when we're because we're, we've seen it in a lot in these series, especially when it's closeout. Now we're starting game one here, so a little different scenario as far as if a team is trailing late in the game, when does that goaltender get pulled and then open up that net for for some long shots down the down the ice? And I think here that's the struggle for me is. Yeah, I, for for first or last, uh, those wouldn't be anything that I would be touching as far as when, who, and when that might happen. But as far as the anytime goal, uh, maybe it's somebody like Stamkos who was not available in this series last year and now looks fully healthy. Wasn't really kind of took him a little while to get his legs back on the ice because he missed the, the latter part of a number of games at, down the stretch of the regular season. Uh, but really, this is not something that I would get involved with so I, I think from this standpoint where are you going as far as goal scores for game one so I don't necessarily look at the output I'm not looking at who has scored how many goals I'm looking for opportunity the same way I look at any prop I'm looking to see who's going to be in position to do the things that you want them to do maximize the chances and then hopefully the ability works itself out so the first thing I'm looking for is power play right I, I want to know who who plays on the power play who gets the time on ice uh for the power play because you get not only the additional time on ice you get the additional time on ice for the biggest opportunity you get in the game to be able to score so I'm going and I'm sorting time on ice right now and I'm looking for Tampa Bay and seeing that Braden Point Steven Stankos and Nikita Kucherov and Kucherov leads the playoffs in points those three players lead the entire NHL in power play time on ice, which not only says that they're out there, but it also says the Tampa Bay is drawing penalties and the speed of this team and the deep skill of this team means that if you've got third line against third line, fourth line against fourth line, and that ends up leading to a penalty, who's getting on the ice? Well, it's those guys. Um, the other thing that I think is always worth taking a closer look at is a little deeper stat, but it's offensive zone start percentage. Basically, I want to know when the team is going down and getting the face-off in the opponent's defensive zone, who's on the ice? Who does that coach trust? Who's coming out the most often to be in that position? So I want to know, is, you know, we look at a player at 5v5, Matthew Barzell, who's sitting here at plus 275 to score any time. Matthew Barzell is getting 90% of offensive zone starts. So, you know, he's getting a huge percentage of shifts at five on five that are coming starting in the offensive zone. So all of the Islanders on this list are slightly longer than I think they probably should be. Again, we're still talking about the Islanders as a team that doesn't put the puck in the back of the net. That hasn't necessarily been the case here, especially in the last few games against Boston. Bavillier is at 250. You know, Gord uh, on the Tampa side at 250, uh, but Barzal at 270. Five, Brock Nelson at 275. Uh, you can look your way down the list there and see where the opportunities are when it comes to the forwards on both sides. And that's kind of where I'm looking in terms of where I would make my evaluations. But I absolutely would suggest if you are planning on playing goal scoring props, 
Go to vsin.com, find the information from our hockey expert, Andy McNeil. Andy has done a very solid breakdown of how he evaluates goal scoring props, and he's used some mathematics behind that as well to figure out who he wants to bet on. And literally the night that Andy told us about that, he gave us a play for the Colorado Avalanche and it hit by the second period. So Andy has a very good sense of how to price these markets. And I would suggest again, vsin.com and go find that information sitting up there when we come back here on betting across america we will take a look at which rookie player props are least likely to hit species betting across america Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time. Start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Betting Across America is live from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado. James Salinas joins me, Adam Candy, as... We take a look at the basketball situation where we're getting close to tip between the Nets and the Bucks, and Jeff Green is going to be available for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Uh, this is not a correlated thing, but here at the South Point, the Nets are now out to three-point favorites uh, over the Bucks. Total is sitting 228. There is, uh, let's see, there are two books actually in town with 227.5 still posted on the Brooklyn and Milwaukee total. James, let's switch gears over to the National Football League for a moment. Um, I love the name of this segment, maybe as much as the segment. This is one got to go. All right. So which one has got to go? Group one, here are your props. Zach Wilson over 3,799.5 passing yards. Kyle Pitts over 774.5 receiving yards. Travis Etienne over 624 and a half rushing yards. One of these does not have to go home, but it has to get the heck up out of here. Which one is it? Well, uh, let's talk about all three briefly here. Travis Etienne, first round draft pick, and as well as, as great a season as undrafted free agent James Robinson had last year running the football for the Jags, really the only bright spot last year offensively. You don't draft Etienne to sit behind an undrafted free agent, so I think we'll see plenty of touches for Etienne getting involved in that offense as the season progresses. And and I think for Kyle Pitts, just a phenomenal talent and some uh, a player that we, I don't know if we've seen this kind of, the, this hybrid of a player out there. We've going to call him a tight end that's the position he was drafted at but he's going to be all over the field and I think he's he's really just a tough matchup for any opposing defense so I'm going to stay away from those two because I really like I think with ETN he's going to get plenty of touches and I really like Kyle Pitts coming in the NFL 
So let's go to Zach Wilson and think about the New York Jets and how how complicated is it for a rookie to come in to begin with and then come into a terrible football team that is the New York Jets and not a good offensive line. I know they did get Davis, Corey Davis, from from the Titans coming over, but a new coaching staff rolling in. I think we've seen uh, Coach Salazar. He called out Beckton. He said he was fat and overweight, so I think he's trying to establish a new culture there. Don't like the offensive line. Yeah, they're going to be behind in a lot of games, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Wilson to throw the football, but he's also going to have to stay upright, and I do not like this offensive line going into the season for a really poor and bad offensive team for the New York Jets, so make mine. That's the one that's got to go is going to be Zach Wilson. Get him out. Get out of here, Zach Wilson. We don't need you. I agree with you. That is the prop that stands out the most to me, and health is a major factor in this because last year, if you look at quarterbacks, who played the entire season, 15 or 16 games, quarterbacks who were able to make it the whole way, the only ones who did not clear this number were Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield. Now, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't really throw the ball long in the first place. Baker Mayfield has a world-class rushing attack to go with there and obviously was out without Odell Beckham. Now, Something to keep in mind. Obviously, it's a 17-game season now, so that does adjust our expectations a little bit. But if you go down and start looking at quarterbacks who only played 12, 13, 14 games, none of them reached that threshold. And so if you think that Zach Wilson is going to have a hard time staying upright, then that's absolutely the one for me that would have to go. Group two here, Trevor Lawrence, under 14.5 interceptions. Najee Harris, under 8.5 combined touchdowns. Jamar Chase under seven and a half receiving touchdowns. James, who's got to go? Jamar Chase. And I think this that's really correlated with Joe Burrow and when he comes back under center for Cincinnati. And there's been some discussion. We've heard some things coming out. Yeah, they're always going to say the rehab's ahead of schedule and he's doing really well. And they're penciling in Burrow for week one. I think that's, I, I think that's, it's optimistic. I think it's foolishly optimistic. He went through major knee surgery. It wasn't just an ACL. It was a lot of damage in that knee. And that was the surgery that happened in December. So we're going to, say that in nine months nine months time that he is fully healthy and ready to get back behind that porous offensive line uh, to to throw the football to Jamar Chase now Chase terrific talent but if it's not Burrow back there throwing the football and uh, especially early in the season I don't know when we're going to see Burrow and and the fact that you're, you still have a rookie out there and Burrow who did not get to finish the season behind a bad offensive line and that is somebody that opposing defenses will roll their coverage towards this young fella out there for Jamar Chase, seven and a half receiving touchdowns, not knowing when, when when Burrow is going to take center at some point. He'll he'll be under center at some point in the season. I don't suspect it's going to be week one. So make mine, got to go, is going to be Jamar Chase under seven and a half receiving yards. Oh, uh, yeah, we are both touchdown. going to, we are going to chase him out of town together uh, because looking at these numbers, Jamar Chase under seven and a half receiving touchdowns sends me looking at Cincinnati from last year. Now, of course, uh, you know, with some of what was being thrown out there, the Ryan Finleys of the world for the Cincinnati Bengals, um, you can't take these and as gospel. T. Higgins had six receiving touchdowns last year. Tyler Boyd had four. Gio Bernard had three. Nobody else really is worth speaking about there. And the point that I'm making here is that Jamar Chase is not the only receiving option on this team. 
And I think even if you give Joe Burrow a fully healthy season, it doesn't mean that the touchdowns are necessarily going to be there for Jamar Chase. He might end up catching 70, 75 balls. He might catch more than that. But they're going to be fairly spread out with Higgins and Boyd as well. So I don't think that's a lock at all. Trevor Lawrence, 14 and a half interceptions. Uh, that is a healthy number uh, to get to That is in today's NFL especially. And Najee Harris, boy, oh boy, under eight and a half combined touchdowns. You don't draft the running back in the first round with the intention of him getting less than 20, 25 carries a game. And we know that Ben Roethlisberger, he can talk all he wants about becoming a better deep ball threat, but he has become much more of a check down Charlie than uh, young Ben Roethlisberger would ever have believed he could be. So I don't like either of those in there. I think Jamar Chase is the one for certain at uh, seven and a half receiving touchdowns. They got to go. I don't know where they're going, but they're not getting onto our bet slip. And that's what's important in the long run here. Let's take a look at some of the player props for the Bucks and the Nets, as well as the Suns and the Nuggets. When we come back and get you updated on a couple of developments in Major League Baseball as well. You're tuned in to VEASAN's Betting Across America from Las Vegas and Denver. This is the Sports Betting Network. BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
Turn a $1 wager on the Nets or Bucks into 100 with BetMGM if either team hits a three. Just use bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. Make sure to use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Let's roll it home here on Betting Across America. Thanks for joining us either on VEASAN or VEASAN.com. Fubo, Sling TV, you probably can have it beam directly into your home with a foil antenna if you work hard enough at it. Like We're we're everywhere. You can find us. Uh, James Salinas, Adam Candy here from Denver and Las Vegas, respectively. Uh, James, we've talked about a number of ways into the games. Of course, we have the Bucks and the Nets getting going here shortly. And we will have uh, the Suns and the Nuggets coming up later. Haven't really gotten to the props, which for me has been uh, probably my favorite way of getting involved in these playoff games thus far. I have not gotten too deep into the menu uh, thus far today. I'm curious to know what you think, though. Let's start with the Nets and the Bucks here in game four. Durant at 32.5 on points. Kyrie Irving, 28.5. Joe Harris, 12.5. Interestingly, his three-pointers up to 3.5. It's a number that's been sitting 2.5 with heavy overjuice for a lot of the year. You're now looking 3.5 plus 120 on Joe Harris. Uh, Bruce Brown, who had a big game in Game 3, is at 11.5. On the Milwaukee side, Giannis, 32.5. Middleton has now been bumped up to 24.5, and, and that's a significant move. Uh, he was sitting more 21-22 uh, last couple of games. Holiday, 19.5. Brooke Lopez uh, sitting at 13.5. Bryn Forbes at 8.5. Uh, Giannis on the rebounds, 13.5, 5.5 assists. So starting there, Nets-Bucks game four. With the story of how you're telling yourself this game will go, James, what would you be taking a look at here, if anything, on the prop menu? couple different players we'll start with the Brooklyn Nets first and looking at Kyrie Irving his assist total sitting at five and a half and obviously the last game neither team shot the ball very well and and Kyrie only had one assist in that game and it was just an ugly game 86 83 no movement on either side a lot of ISO basketball and I suspect for definitely for both teams they're going to need to get some more ball movement and get some more player movement as well to get some get some continuity get some flow going offensively because uh, we're not going to see this kind of score again here. This That's mid-90s playoff basketball, not 2021. So looking at his assist total and figuring, okay, as poorly as the the Nets shot, he talked about Joe Harris. He had a lot of open looks and couldn't make a thing. I think he was one of 11 in that game. N- couldn't make anything. Plenty of open looks, whether it was from beyond the arc or even foul line extended. I think there's going to be opportunities for him to score, but that's going to come off the the facilitation from Kyrie Irving. So I'm going to be looking at his assist total to go over five and a half. And then on the other side for the Bucks, a little further down the list here, and was looking at Bryn Forbes. Now, Forbes, really good shooter. 
uh, when he's on the floor, when he's getting touches, when he's getting minutes, but not so much this series here. And we know he's having to step in and play some more minutes because of the injury to DiVincenzo, uh, but hasn't played with a lot of confidence. And definitely, in particular, Game 3, his m- minutes went way down. 15 minutes in that Game 3 contest. Only took four shots, all from the outside. None of those went in. 0 for 4 from three-point land. And one of those one of those shots hit the side of the backboard. So right now, his shots selection he had a a number of those shots were contested because we know he's not going to put the ball on the floor so I think for a team like the Nets you're going to close hard to him and force him to put the ball on the floor that's not his game contest the shot that's what they did not shooting the ball with a lot of confidence I don't know how many minutes Forbes gets out on the court tonight uh, and considering now he's point total is sitting at eight and a half I know it's a short number at eight and a half but for somebody like Forbes who not going to be a part of the offense, going to play spot minutes off the bench tonight. I would be looking at playing him under as far as his point point total is concerned at eight and a half. Yeah, certainly was much more of a factor in round one uh, than he has been thus far. Getting back to Joe Harris, you talked about that one for 11, included a one for seven from three, and it has been a bit boomer bust for Harris. I mean, you're looking, he's had one game with seven three-pointers, another with four. But the fact that you're looking at three and a half on the three-pointer prop, and then you're looking at 12 and a half on the points. And you just have to ask yourself if you're thinking about going over on the three and a half, which of course is plus 120, then you're already over on the points, which leads me to the points. I would rather play the points there with Joe Harris at 12 and a half and give myself the option of getting there another way without having to rely necessarily on the three pointers. I think there's going to be a concerted effort to get the secondary scores going for the Nets in this game. I don't think they can rely strictly on KD and on Kyrie. They took 94 shots, did that team in game three. 50 of those shots came from Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. That is a very heavy volume for those two guys in a playoff series where the teams are going to get to know each other pretty well. Uh, Not a strong lean on Joe Harris there, but it would be over for me on that 12 and a half points. James going to the Suns and the Nuggets. Let's get a look here at Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Devin Booker, 26 and a half. Chris Paul coming off one of his best offensive games of the playoffs. Uh, 16 and a half. Still set fairly low on Paul. Up to nine and a half on his assist number. DeAndre Ayton, 10 and a half rebounds, 14 and a half points. I'll tell you what, I've been watching... Aiton props uh, all year long, and that's about as low as you're going to see an Aiton rebound prop get. Obviously, uh, he has to go against Nikola Jokic, who had 20 rebounds in Game 3. Uh, Jay Crowder, 11.5, three-pointer prop sitting 2.5, and, and I think that's where I'd be looking at Jay Crowder. Down on the Denver side, 29.5, 12.5, 7.5 for Nikola Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. at 18.5. Aaron Gordon, 11.5, coming off what was uh, one of his worst games of the playoffs. Stopping there, James, to let you get your opinions in. What do you think, Phoenix and Denver? Anything of interest to you there? You look in Phoenix side here with Chris Paul. You mentioned a, uh, he looks, we know he's dealing with the shoulder injury, looked very healthy with the way he was shooting the ball and was not hesitant to shoot the basketball. We know he's a great facilitator too, and he's clearly the leader of that team. And on the offensive side, has just 
absolutely eaten up that Nuggets backcourt. And they really just have no answer to the Never Nuggets. So potentially looking at his point, but also the assist. I know this assists are up to nine and a half, but he knows full well he's not going to carry the load scoring-wise. He's got plenty of other options to be able to put the ball in the basket. Booker's been super high. He's been terrific in the playoffs. So looking at his assist total here, I could see I could see Chris Paul facilitating again because there is no answer defensively for the Nuggets in that backcourt to be able to contain Chris Paul, who's been able to get whatever he wants here. So looking at his assist total to be going into double digits to hit that hit that prop, I would like look there for for as assist nine and a half to go over, and then the other side. For the Nuggets, it's one player and one player only that I'm keying on, and it's going to be Michael Porter Jr. His point total is sitting at 18 and a half. I'm not really sure, Adam, how many minutes he's going to get. He'll probably start the game, so we don't. He, he doesn't hurt his psyche, and he feels good about himself, and he gets his hug before the game starts to go out there and be the starter. But I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Barton has continued to get more and more minutes off the bench, and really I think that's where the production has been coming from. Barton has been the last two games, uh, really the, uh, aside from Joker, obviously, their best offensive threat. So I think here we're going to see a lot more minutes coming out of Will. Barton then we will see Porter Jr. And for Porter, for Michael Porter, it is all about shooting the three. He's really not aggressive. He's not a good ball handler. He's not a very aggressive uh, off the bounce, taking it to the rim. So 18 and a half, he's going to have to have a majority of those coming from the outside. And I'm thinking his limit, his minutes are going to be limited, not because he can't shoot the ball, but because of his defensive, his lack of defensive awareness on that side of the floor for the Nuggets. I don't think we're going to see Porter Jr. get to that 18 and a half points because I don't know how many minutes he's actually going to see the floor tonight james there was something in the tone there that i i didn't like are you telling me that the pre-show hug that i require before every one of our broadcasts is a problem uh michael porter jr might get his pre-game hug and feel very good i i get i feel very good about it when i get my pre-show hug i'm not going to say who it comes from uh, that would be a little bit off the reservation but the prop that i'm looking at here is jay crowder on the on the three pointers at two and a half you're paying minus 125 on the over two and a half uh let me read you jay crowder's three pointers taken this is in the playoffs entirely six four nine nine eight seven six seven if he gets that many attempts asking him to get three is not a heavy lift why do i know that because he has had at least three made three pointers in each of the last six games so the number still being set at two and a half and frankly not having to pay a whole lot of juice to get that over is where i would be looking for jay crowder uh, you talked a moment ago james about the fact that chris paul knows he can't do it all himself knows that he's going to be a facilitator and jay crowder is one of those guys who is usually the beneficiary of either chris paul or cameron payne being able to move the ball around a lot of corner three-pointers for Jay Crowder. He's going to get those opportunities. And even in the playoffs in the three games prior when he did not hit that number, that was against the Lakers where he shot seven, six, and seven and seemed to find his rhythm there in the game four against Los Angeles. And since then it has been nothing but splash from three point distance for Jay Crowder. In fact, in this series, four of six, three of four, three of nine in game one against the Denver Nuggets. And uh, like the Suns to close that out today with help from Jay Crowder, three pointers over two and a half minus 125. James, a pleasure as always. Stay tuned for Green Zone with Brady Cannon. Coming up here in just a moment for 
producer Steph, for our entire tech crew. We appreciate you keeping us moving, and thanks for spending part of your time with us. This is VSIN, V Sports Betting Network. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.